0: Good morning, my name is Alberto Lavandeira. I am the CEO of uh, Atalaya Mining. Atalaya Mining is a company listed in uh, in London. Uh, We have a project in uh, producing copper in Spain, and we have a few other projects uh, under development and exploration also in the southern part of Spain, as well as the northern part of Spain. We have been uh, with this name since 2015, and uh, in 2014, I think we decided to restart the Rio Tinto project, We had been dormant for around 15 years, but has a long history of mining, probably thousands of years.
1: Well, hello, Alberto, and uh, thanks for thanks for joining us again. I think um, we had a you had a good session with one of our analysts. I seem seemed to bounce off of that. Cool, quite excited about what you're doing there in terms of reinvigorating the the region. Um, we should probably catch up on you know the, the kind of Q1 how things how things are going at Masafel Verde and um, what I want to talk to you about today is perhaps what's going on in the marketplace. There's a lot of um, inflationary pressures, cost pressures on um, producers, but uh, and, and we can sort of flow into that. But what's the what's the update for Q1?
0: Q1 was a difficult uh, quarter. I would say the most difficult quarter for the company based on costs. Uh, you're right, inflation pressures. Specifically, the electricity prices in Spain—that not, it's not like the inflation went up 10 percent. It, it's like the electricity prices went up 400 percent. That's totally unusual and uh, something that cannot be uh, expected to continue in the long term. Besides that, we also had uh, some the consequences, some consequences of. of That huge inflation in diesel uh, prompted a a strike across Spain due to transport companies having also those inflation pressures in in the cost of diesel. So that stopped our operations during a few days, uh, 10 days. So as a result of higher costs uh, and lower production, our our operating cost per ton, our production per ton were were higher much higher than last year having said that uh, the operation performed quite well and we were still cash flow positive and, and we produce uh, we ended the quarter with a better balance sheet than we started
1: okay well I, I guess that's what people will look to the bottom line uh, always but just, just talk about it and, and I, I guess Spain's not on its own here I think across Europe we've seen um, a significant increase uh, energy um, prices um, t- domestic commercial um, and also for for automotive Um, What's what's driving that? What's what's driving the electricity um, prices? Is it it the whole uh, Russia-Ukraine conflict, in which case that's kind of short-termism or is there more significant underlying pressures on on the uh, energy system in Spain?
0: The problem has been um, higher with the invasion of Ukraine, the problem with Ukraine, but it really started in, in the end of the last year. The main reason being the gas prices, Spain and, and Portugal are like an island from the energy point of view, from the electricity point of view. They are not connected, they are connected with the, with the European network, but they are not so reliant in gas like the rest of the, the Europe. But due to the the system that sets the price of electricity, the price per kilowatt hour, is set by what is called the marginal system, which means the price is set for for everybody based on the highest cost producer. There's a daily match between supply and demand. Except for lots of companies or or clients that have set prices, like hedge prices, under long-term contracts, under long-term power purchase agreement, PPAs. So the situation uh, is, is, is let's say, linked totally with the gas prices. The gas prices have gone up due to the low inventories before uh, the winter, because probably Russia was already preparing uh, the situation and the high dependence specifically of Germany in the gas prices. Of course, uh, things have relaxed since then, and uh, eventually this will be sorted out due to the higher um, imports of LNG, liquefied gas, as well as higher influence of uh, wind and solar all around Europe, and specifically in Spain.
1: So, so tell me, what what, what what does a company like you do? You're 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 a copper producer. You are you've reinvigorated um, some of the assets there, and we'll we'll talk about some of the other assets coming online soon, and maybe some of the new technologies which you're you're, you're applying to you know the recovery uh, numbers. But but are you reliant on the Spanish government, you know, solving your problem for you? You know, do they need to look towards? Um, Tunisia, Algeria for, for gas supply. or Do you need to take control of this yourself and, and look to maybe some of these renewable or, or LNG solutions yourself? I mean, how, how does the problem get solved and how long does that take?
0: Unfortunately, in the short term, we cannot do anything except uh, wait and see what the government has, is doing, not only for us, but specifically for all the industry in Spain uh, and Portugal and Europe, I would say. Uh, Simply because uh, we have this, we don't have a supply contract, so we have to rely on what's in the market. The the government has already taken some measures to take Uh. away the link between the gas and electricity, or not take away the link, really limit the price of of gas, because the price of gas right now is totally um, affected by this situation in Ukraine. this is in the short term, which means this year, and in theory, this has been approved already by the ministers and the government. Spain and Portugal have been allowed. since We are in Europe, but have been allowed to to have this special situation, which I suppose is going to be implemented this uh, the, the end of the this month. Long term is where we have to take some measurements. Uh, measures. The company has already taken these measures. We already had signed. Uh, power purchase agreement long term with the supply company uh, at a much lower prices, prices that uh, would be like five times, so 500% less than what we have been paying in the first quarter. Uh, this is possible because these uh, long term contracts are, are normally linked with the start up of lots of wind and solar plants in Spain, and Spain is very powerful in that. So that has been done to, to get around 33% of our um, needs. Uh, We also started like two years ago, uh, looking at all the paperwork to construct a solar farm in our land. This is for self-consumption. So we avoid the the connections with with the grid, with the taxes that are implied with that. And this would uh, be taken care of around 22% of our needs based on the area where we are this uh, plant has already started we finally got the permits it took a long time due to the buro- bureaucracy and due to the to the the amount of work uh, under the administration for the this huge increase in Spain of uh, solar and and windmills. So starting next year, we will have, uh, let's say, sorted out 55% of our needs at a very low price, which would be around around 70% of what we have been been paying historically. The rest will, will still be exposed to the market, but we may sign uh, longer term agreements of limited, uh, limited uh, length because there is a market of futures, which are the futures are at much lower than we have right now. So there is a market and there are ways to do that in the long term. So we, we don't expect this problem of electricity itself. To be there
1: for a long time. It kind of feels like the end of globalization, in, in a way, in this, in this current environment where we've took you know crit- critical minimalists and energy security for at a country level. But producers too, you know, mi- miners, natural resource companies are having to look after their own needs. You're talking about building, um, well, obviously, uh, signing, signing contracts, um, and obviously building your own, you know, solar solar farm, et cetera. That's going to ask significant costs you know if forget the inflationary factors, but it's the, the kind of defense mechanisms that companies are having to employ will will you know increase costs presumably across the board. what is your expectation of copper price going forward if more companies and more jurisdictions are being affected by you know inflation costs around energy um cost of um you know, skilled labour. Uh, you know, across the board. Because I spoke to a fund manager yesterday, and he said, although we're enjoying some of the highest copper prices we have for a long time, he expects them to continue to rise significantly to, you know, uh, compensate for all of these in- increasing costs. I mean, what's what's your view of the the, the future copper pr- market?
0: It's a very interesting question because it's everything is linked in the copper market. We have two equations uh, in a, like in any market, supply and demand. Let's start with the demand. The demand, uh, it's growing due to several factors. The first is that we are more in the world. And that will will continue like that probably until 2050, according to some things we have uh, read. So if the population grows, there's more people, and more people demanding a house, a car, a fridge, TV, and so on. That means more people, more cars. Second thing is that we are going into a world which is more electrified. Just look at what were the measures that Europe took or decided to take following the crisis of the gas. We have to produce more electricity with renewables, mainly solar and wind. All those are linked with more copper in the networks. It may have wind in the north part of Europe, or maybe sun in the south part of Europe, but you need big lines to take the electricity from, from one place to the other. So that means more, but the same situation is not only in Europe, the same situation is happening in in. In, in China, where they are creating huge solar and wind farms in the Northwest, where they have more sun and wind, but taking it to the industrial parts in the East and the Southeast. So all this w- we are seeing all over the place. Second is, okay, the electric vehicles is always something that's stopped and all this and demand is growing fast, but is there to stay. At the end, this not only create, needs more more copper as well as other metals, but it also needs a grid to charge those the, those vehicles. So we are in a in a in a clearly in a process of more demand, more urban, more people with more wealth, with more rent per capita require a better living. Here in Africa, in Asia, and all over the place. So we are in a, in a moment of growth of demand, in a growth of demand per capita. Uh, that's without question. We can have hiccups like we had with the COVID situation. We can have uh, hiccups like we have seen uh, with the lockup of, of China. But there's more people in the world requiring this. And the end result will this will be just a blip in an upward trend. From the supply, there's plenty of copper. There's plenty of copper in the world. There's no question that there's lots of deposits. But the deposits are getting deeper, lower grade, and more difficult for a basic simple reason i mean the easy part has been taken first so what's left is in the is left in the mountains of of the andes in the mountains of canada in the, in the us in indonesia in some deep parts of africa or deep deep underground that's not going to become easy to mine the projects are competing in, in lots of parts in, in Chile and in Peru with water, which they also demand uh, for other uses. It means projects are taking longer to permit, longer to develop. So we have a huge problem of demand. Even if we knew where would the copper going, uh, was going to come from, if we had the, the projects, it still would need years to permit and process. So I'm seeing that this, a, a short term, maybe slow down as we are seeing this few last few months, but in the not even long term, talking about 10 years, I'm talking about one year, or two years, a real wall of lack of supply that will push prices at any price. The price will be any to stop consumption.
1: It's interesting. Actually, we ran a two-day um, copper um, conference uh, a couple of weeks ago, and one of the uh, groups, I think it might have been Woodmark or maybe even Glencore, possibly, put up a slide which said, "Right here, here are the top ten copper producers. There's the there's the there's the number they they produce." And you went, "Okay, fine." So where's the next copper coming from? And the next slide was the top ten developers. So it was a big number that they could produce, but they'd all been held up. All ten for environmental reasons. I think they could, they could not get the permits to mine because, and if they could, it would be great. There's, there's enough copper, as you say, but it's a question of, can they get into production? So there's, there's there's a, there's a whole bunch of other factors. We've talked, you know, beginning of this show about, well, you know, we've got energy, um, energy costs as, as a factor, inflation as a factor. These guys are struggling to get it over the line because they can't get it past environmental components. So it, it's it's interesting when you talk about this wall coming up in the next two or three years, when you look at that chart, you go, yeah, that that, that could be quite painful globally. But what's I'm more interested in what's it do for Copper prices Right, this kind of this this um, you know environmental component the ESG component the carbon credit component um, in terms of stopping projects moving forward what's it do for copper prices and how do you as a copper producer benefit from that in, in the short term because again I, you know I want to be fair to you you know your margins have been squeezed because of a 400 percent hike in energy pro- costs in in Spain but there's got to be some upside at some point for you one would hope as a shareholder you know, so w- w- how do you think that's going kind to of play out for it's, your company? It's very,
0: it's very simple. I mean, this uh, mining is always a short-term, uh, long-term uh, investment. But look, all this situation with, uh, with inflation uh, is, is worldwide. Uh, in the case of energy, it's only Spain, but in other places where they had to generate the power with diesel or similar, the oil prices have gone up the gas prices have gone up, so also they also have higher prices. But in addition to that, the gas prices is affecting the explosives, explosives are coming from gas or from nitrogen. Uh, also uh, diesel prices have gone up. Inflation in people, in transport, uh, transport uh, sea transport, sea freight is basically influenced with oil. So. What's happening is that the operating cost for everybody all the, the producers are going high so it's true they're squeezing the margin but you can see that the price of copper has not gone down big time even with this crisis or small, small slowdown in, in China and why because people tend to look at a little bit longer term with this higher prices copper prices uh, sorry higher uh, operating costs what's happening is also that when you want to go and permit not, not permit when you get try to get the permits from your board for investors to invest, that's also affecting the equation. They are going to come with huge capital increases and with huge operating cost increases, which means projects that three years ago, in theory, they were ready to be permitted, they may be permitted, but not ready to be invested unless you have a higher copper price because you will not be able to hedge, you will not be able to guarantee a higher copper price. So projects that are 380 were, Okay, Uh, three years ago, today with a higher inflation, they are not because the capex has gone up and the operating costs gone up. So it means that again, another delay, plus what you said before, lack of people, the new mines are in the middle of nowhere. The good people, the people, trained people uh, are not at ease to get there. They are more expensive and there's lack of technicians of quality to those those things. You add that the limitations of travel, you add that the limitations of COVID because these projects had to be constructed based on several thousand people in, in a camp in the middle of nowhere. So everything is there to get a perfect storm to produce lower supply in the short term, even if we knew where were the projects. And yes, it's, one project can come on stream, like the ones in build, being built in Peru and in Chile, but then the next year, what? If you have a growth of demand of 2% per year over a market of 20 million, roughly, you have 400,000 to half a million tons of new copper per year. That's new copper. That's simply because the market is growing. New copper means building one of these huge mines each year. It's impossible. You can do it one year, you can do two, but it will catch up. It will catch up. And, it will, and the only way to go, to get out of this wave is to get the price so high to avoid some of these uses that let's say that can be substituted, which are not that many, and get these new projects working at any price. And that will take time. So we are going to see some years, of incredible high prices. Another thing is in copper, cannot be substituted in some things. And in those that can be substituted, um, maybe, yes, but it doesn't affect the whole price of the element in a car. In a car, you may go to diesel, but even if the copper goes up, the influence of the copper in a car is minimum. In a Tesla, in a Tesla okay, has 120 kilos, that's fine. But in a big car, the influence of having double the price is not a big deal so they will not stop the demand due to that to the higher prices it's very interesting the what's happened we are going to get into a a, a copper age copper i won't say that like somebody said it's going to be the new oil but um, we are going to have some interesting
1: times for, 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 for sure. And I, I, look, I appreciate the conversation around the macro. I, I think it's always interesting to understand the, the, the thesis and you know re reevaluate the thesis um, as we go along. So I appreciate your input. There. L- let's let's talk about your project. Okay. So so Masavel um th- things are progressing in terms of uh, we get the costs have gone up, but in terms of your ability to. Extract copper and um, at the grades that you want. Is is it still um, giving you what you want? Because we have talked in the past about maybe accessing some of the lower grade uh, components mm-hmm. via a technology which um, you, you know you, you feel may work. So how do you, what, what's happening on the ground with with that? And then we're going to move into San Antonio. Maybe it's uh, Diego D- Dion uh, is or.
0: Look, a big surprise from visitors recently to our site has been the. The amount of copper and other metals that we still have in our inventory drilled, ready to be produced, that are not, let's call it, in our share price. The highest value driver is Sandinicio because mm-hmm. it's immediately touching to our deposit. Mm-hmm. It's an area that has been mined in the past, but in the past, they were only mining the high grade. So they left behind something with around almost 1% copper and around 2% zinc, which means basically double the grade that we have. And it can be mined by open pit. So in a matter of one year, two years maximum that we can, or as soon as possible after we get the permits, which we have no question that we'll get the permits, the value of the uplift of this San Dionisio and San Antonio is such that's almost double than what we have currently. The good thing is that we don't depend on that. It will be mined. Is that we can continue with what we have right now in Cerro Colorado in our system. Longer term, longer term we have a, um, longer term we have uh, a Verde and other areas simply to add optionality to our to our ma- our company to show that we not only we have this let's say 15 years of mineable open pit reserves, but we can add value from these other areas that are in the same belt and quite close to us. That's why we have a, a good exploration program going on in Massa Valverde because we believe that's very prospective and we're going to be finding more there. It's going to be copper lead zinc and copper lead zinc is, is complex. that's why we have been developing for now six years uh, helping a, a lady that invented the system called uh, Elix uh, to, to be able to process successfully this, this complex uh, copper lead zinc materials that certainly are not going to be staying in the ground.
1: Okay, so ethics so is potentially quite important to you, but w- w- what, what do you know now of, of, about that in terms of the kind of byproduct credits of which you're going to be able to get? What's the kind of uplift in terms of the copper equivalent number from where you are to what you think you potentially could get?
0: I see this company producing in less than two years' time around 75,000 tons of copper. That's without the addition of Toro. When we get told, we'll be go over hundred thousand tons of copper, uh, and I said that, and we have been doing that from 2015, where we started with around twenty five thousand, and then we went to forty, then to fifty five, and the next uplift will come from from these areas around the the pit simply with the same installation uh, that we have uh, treating higher grades. The next uplift will come uh, with this Elix, which will be able to give us additional byproducts or copper equivalent, if you want, through lead and
1: sink, which right now we are not recovering. But what, 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 give me, give me, give me a sense of, in simple terms, for shareholders, people looking in here, you've had a really good year since the sort of middle to end of last year. (coughs) You had a massive uh, uh, uplift in your, your share price. All stories need a growth component. Is this technology, Elix, um, part of that? Or is it more a case of you'll see the increased grade, Copper grade, um, you know, at uh, Dionysio? um, Where's the growth component come from? What are you going to attribute that to? The growth (coughs) will
0: come with Dionysio, with or without Elix. Okay. Uh, Without Elix, um, the growth can probably double our net present value simply based on grade, without making any additional change, simply adding a flotation circuit for SYNC, Mm. With Alex, uh, we are very careful of projecting things until we see it in a neutral way, but can be, be, be a, a huge, higher uplift simply because we get high recoveries. Uh, it means that if, if if you can get recoveries of in a complex metal, metallurgy of let's say seventy five percent global copper zinc, in this case you can get to the high ninety. So imagine what it is what it is to get from the same tons fifteen percent more metal. As simple as that. Uh, so the value uplift is is, is huge in in uh, with uh, Elix, but we are not putting all our bets in this. We we have uh, enough um, experience and we have been very cautious of going in six years, spending money first in a the lab, then a small pilot plant, then in a large pilot plant, now in a constructing a larger plant and continuing with the with the test work. So. We believe that's going to be huge, but we are not betting everything in this. The value uplift will come even without it.
1: Okay, okay, I I appreciate that. Um, New new technologies, yeah, usually the, the, yeah, can can give give hope where perhaps there, there there is none. You need to go through the the, the phases and the process for sure. Look, you, the 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 Q one financial results are obviously good. You say you finished the year with more cash than you started with. Um, so finished the quarter with more cash than you started with, which which is obviously good despite the difficulties around you know um, strikes and energy costs. Um, but what do you do with this money? Has your view, has your strategy changed given the environment which we're describing, which seems to be evolving? Or are you sitting back and waiting before you kind of place bets? Because in an environment where copper uh, companies or miners are struggling to actually bring new product onto market, do you feel that you can take advantage by looking at increasing um, production? Accelerating projects that you're you're working on. Do you look at M and A, or do you kind of stick with the knitting and 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 stay in Spain? You know, a place which you know and understand. I mean, how does how does strategy evolve in a in a a kind of environment uh, like this? um,
0: We have stated that uh, as soon as we had some free cash, we started giving dividends, and we are sticking with that. We said we are going to be giving. 30 to 50 percent of our free cash to our share, back to our shareholders dividend mm-hmm. and we believe that that's enough to still keep uh, the growth okay so we mm, did that last year and we are going to be doing this this year okay. uh, even with this uh, higher costs we believe that if things going normal that would be the case from the growth point of view we are concentrated so far in in spain and portugal uh, let's say in, in our uh, area of influence uh, and we have increased the operation budget because we believe that the best thing that we can do for this company is, is long-term growth. Looking at M&A, we have been looking since the uh, last uh, five, six years uh, very carefully. But for the same reason that we are always very cautious with the spending cash, um, uh, we are also very cautious when getting things that right now everybody wants to sell for a reason because the prices are high and sometimes they do not provide uh, a real value to the to the shareholders. So if they don't create value, we look at a project. We are not going to grow for the sake of growing. We got the project we have in Spain with a real, really not much spending. Simply, all the payments are linked with success and with permits, and that's the way we want to go. Are we looking to M&A? Yes, we are looking at things. Uh, we have been looking seriously in the last uh, months and years and we continue to do that if it makes sense yes so far we cannot say that we have
1: anything in in the grounds so and how are things going obviously locally obviously with with, with the with the village nearby. but obviously there's, there's working for hundreds, hundreds of years we got it, and there's a you know there's a kind of big footprint just you know outside the town but do you still have to tread you know carefully with regards to your expansion plans, is there any kind of resistance on that front, or you know, does the I don't know what how many people you employ from from the town? How are relations generally?
0: Look, in, in the area where we are, it's amazing how much support we have. Unlike what you see in other places of the world, we are not having any trouble at all. We are a welcome neighbor. Um, we employ directly around four hundred and seventy people, but with Contractors coming in every day. We have over 1,000 people coming every day to our site. And this has been growing from around 30, 20, 30 in 2014 until now, continuously. We employ almost everybody around our site. Uh, uh, We have trained local people, technicians. We have a high... A percentage of uh, employees in our workforce that are have university degrees, uh, which means they are trained and they are they can be educated to do any job, and we have a very very uh, low turnover. We are happy employers, happy workers, and we are we believe a very good neighbor with. Um, with really good support from the communities. Of course, uh, we have environmental groups and anti-mining groups that will be making noise uh, each time we do something, but that's normal and um, that's part of the life. And they know that uh, it's not true, Some most of the things. Uh, it's not going to stop because the way, that's the way it works. Uh, but really, we are, set, uh, we are being set as an example of how to do things. Uh, with the communities
1: okay okay No, I think it's just a it's really important the, the kind of jurisdictional rest there's a big conversations going on I think people are suddenly realizing the stand the of community relations social you know social license um, such, such an important part of this but and um, right so if, if you're looking I can really love this conversation today but um, if I'm looking forward what what are the what are the numbers that you are making your team concentrate on what what are the important numbers for you as a, as a growing business Focused on um, delivering to, well, to shareholders or you know for the, for the sake of the company's ability to grow, what do we look at
0: yeah look uh, to our teams when we have some once in a while some meetings we tell them, look, hey guys, get prepared to what we call horizon two thousand and forty. What do we need to do to be here in two thousand and forty we're talking about years. I mean remember we started in fifteen when it was not only going to be twelve years life so where are we going to be uh, in, in in this year? Long term, what do we have to prepare? Uh, we we want to be a company that's here for the long term. We have to look at assets. We have to be uh, more efficient. We have to optimize because we have a greater slower. We cannot rely only on the high copper prices to survive. So that's why we tell them, look, where can we can create a long-term value? We believe that a big value uplift and long-term is going to come with this ELIX, which I believe that after the first plant, we will install a larger plant, which means we will be able to treat uh, minerals from all parts of the, the belt. So this will be like having your own smelter uh, or, or systems where you can process all kinds of materials from the region. So it means we are talking about a very long life business. Uh, so that's, that's what we're trying to, to tell them, look, look long-term. What do we need to do to be there long-term? Do we need to train people, locals, to get uh, young engineers that right now uh, just came out of the university that in five years are going to be specialized in X, uh, get ready for water, for electricity,
1: for long-term, for everything. It's interesting that actually, to, to survive, I guess then that it's implicit that of all the things that need, that need to happen. Cause I, I, I thought you might focus on efficiencies, um, and, 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 you know, and, and the, and the margins and the process and the technology. But I guess it's implicit that to be around in 2040, you need to do all of those things as well. Um, well, look, um, Alberto, fantastic. Uh, good, good catch up. Um, dividend paying. By fighting through the current market conditions and still producing free cash flow. Uh we we'll, we like this story. Um we'll like uh, we'll make we'll reach out soon, stay in contact um and uh, keep us up to date with how things are going. Okay.
0: Thanks very much. Yeah, I agree. Uh things are going as expected, so let's hope they continue like that. <laughs>